the great thing about corn is it just tastes good and it's a good yeah. falcon food. Your cornea is an Aberdeen export. Well, technically, uh, uh, what you would want to feed the falcons would be things like muskrats. Fed with corn. <laughs> yeah, come on down to Crazy Joe's muskrat farm. Just <laughs> hollow out a muskrat and put a hot dog through it and get a musk dog. <laughs> what? That's horrifying. Yeah, that's what they ate down in the city no. of rags. They got musk corn chowder. Would it be a musk dog or dog musk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like dog musk. That sounds like Solonar's perfume. <sighs> This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Welcome back, listeners, to WANT, the show that never leaves you wanting, and yet you're still coming back for more. Now take a big drink of that coffee, because I got some news for you today. Now last we left off, the four destinies chosen were taking sips from a strange astral liquid that sent them just careening down the waterfall of time, deep into the past where they looked through strangers' eyes at the chosen ones that came before them. What an exciting little mystery. Hmm. Fortunately, on their way back, our lovely heroes took it upon themselves to make their way out back to the finest and most fiery Fowl Festival Aberdeen has seen in decades. Don't forget to support our lovely sponsors down there by the city morgue. You kill them, they chill them. So the bonfire is being set up. The things that you guys have not done yet are the corn spearing contest. You haven't done anything with the character, the caricature artists. There are some fortune tellers with like tarot cards and crystal balls. There's the bonfire getting set up now. There is, there are performers. Um, there is a hawking and falconing contest that you can watch. There's also a place called the Kissing Bridge. Um, and all of those are aspects of the festival. Ooh, I'm, the Kissing I'm, Bridge. Kiss a bridge troll. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to do next time I'm at the Red Fair because I got this idea from a thing that's at like the Maryland Red Fair. Is like, it's supposed to be like that if you like confess your love on the bridge, you're going to be together forever. I'm going to st- stand under the bridge next time I'm there when a couple tries to get on it to do like photos and stuff. I'll be like, if you wish to kiss on my bridge, you must <laughs> offer me a fine lively chicken i would love if that uh, like mythos of the bridge was actually some sort of like warped curse like (laughs) (laughs) like you're just you're just just debris uh you've broken down to just nothing but ashes and you're just like oh go away it's been three thousand years since we kissed on that bridge please leave me to my peace (laughs) god that's um, so we're going to start with Rosemary and Koza. Yeah, I think... After um, I've described all those things that are going to be in the festival. It's still light out, right? Like, it's it's getting dark, but right. you still have, like, maybe half an hour to an hour of daylight. So the first thing Koza's going to see, then, is that corn spearing contest. 
So um, you are you going to be a participant or are you just going to watch? Um, does it look fun? I mean, would eating five or six ears of corn in rapid succession sound fun to anyone but Alon? <laughs> you know, it has been like a long day at, at the festival and I don't think Coz has had much. Well, I guess he had the apples and stuff earlier but whatever i want to eat some corn so all right so go you're gonna enter into the corn eating contest yes all right uh johannes i know you were quite excited about this are you going to pop out of the ether to join i don't know what's banana in t- uh, getting into banana is currently draped around you like an elegant scarf and seems excited to just be along for the ride uh we're gonna go into a fashion contest all right. Yes, there is the costume contest mm-hmm. that I said is a thing that happened. Um, so you're going to go and set up at the costume contest. Cozy, you are going to enter into the corn spearing contest. Since I know we talked about this previously, does anybody else want to be in the corn spearing contest? I, I heard the word contest. Would you I, like to I be need, part of the corn spearing contest? I need to win. All right, so Koza and Solinar are going to enter in with two other gentlemen uh, into the corn spearing contest. A little old woman bearing a spear that she has struck through six ears of corn and now is walking around as if it is the mage staff of corndom. She goes, Behold! The spear corn! For generations, we have indulged in this contest of speed consumption. The contestants will have their hands tied behind their back and will be tasked to eat six ears of corn as it is set along this spear. The first one to consume his corn is the victor. Rosemary's just kind of like, their heads are going to be tied behind their back. And uh, I imagine Solidar and Koza are like, our hands are going to be tied behind our back. I think, though, that, like, we've already stood where we are supposed to stand, like, as if we're going to be participating. So they've, like, already started tying our hands. Yes, they point. have, as she was announcing it. <laughs> I'm certain Solidar is very excited. I was going to say, Solinar at first is, like, going to resist having his hands tied behind his back until the woman explains it's part of the contest. And then he's just like eyes narrow. He like tests his bonds a couple of times. He's confident he can get out of them. So he's good. Delightful. Uh, So I'm going to have you roll six separate dexterity checks to see how fast you get through this corn. There should be a constitution check in there somewhere. Shh, that's coming at the end. Surprise constitution check. <laughs> Cornstitution. Honestly, Corn surprise st- constitution check could be its own podcast. <laughs> surprise surprise constitution check is the name of my D&D themed band. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. Roll kind of, Wait, roll, wait, wait, wait. No, wait. What kind of music does this band play? <laughs> Uh, surprise constitution check it's mostly ska but it's ska that starts really abruptly <laughs> which is all ska what does it start how does yeah, it start really yeah. is it just a trumpet playing the highest note it can just right <laughs> off the everything starts out like a louis armstrong note just no 
you know, you know how ska, well, they'll like start out very like big and bold and then they'll go into like right around the chorus, they'll go into like a really hot lick that's just like almost a solo of sorts. Uh, surprise constitution check, we start with the solo and then we slow down for the chorus and then we get really fast again. So you're axe instead of ska. I want you guys to know that now my search history (laughs) contains the phrase ambient ska. (laughs) I also like axe as the way people react to it. They're just like axe. (laughs) (laughs) This is named from the onomatopoeia. Will you guys roll your six constitution saves, please? I did. You mean dexterity? Yes. Uh, (laughs) I did. It is not pretty. All right. What's it got? I have. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, thankfully, I have a plus four dexterity. So that's that's a good start. A 12, a 13, a 6, a 7, another 12, and then finishing it out with an unnatural 20. Wonderful. Koza. Oh boy. All right. So um, was I supposed to do these like in an order or no, I just, no, wrote... just tell me what you rolled cool. on your six dexterity checks. Do I, are, is this acrobatics? No, it's not acrobatics. <laughs> okay, it's raw oh dexterity. God. If it was acrobatics, I'd be so much better right now. Uh, Backflip while eating your corn. Yes. Six, nine, five, seven, five, natural one. Oh God. Right. Now, now Alex is going to roll twelve d twenty. So we have time. <laughs> we have time to talk about whatever we want to talk about. Uh, how's everybody's day going? So Koza gets ready. He is excited. He is ready to win this contest. And then Absolutely. he forgets that he's a nobleman and just sort of eats it like slowly and daintily as he can with his hands tied behind his back. Whereas Solinar. I, I, I also think somewhere early on, some um, like corn gets stuck in my tooth. Yeah. And it's super distracting. And I'm just like, I keep on stopping to like try to work my tongue to get this little bit of corn out. And it's just not happening. Yeah. Cause you realize if you keep going, it's just going to compound and you're just going to get it deeper and deeper in between the teeth. Yeah. Where Solinar is filled with the spirit of competition, and though midway through he starts getting kind of nauseous with just the sheer volume of corn he is consuming, also noting that there is no seasoning upon this corn, um, he gets to the end the victor by a narrow margin. A flower crown is laid upon Solinar's head. Yes, I am the champion. Everyone's hands are untied. And both of you roll constitution wait, saving throws. Wait, hold on. Before they can come to untie Solinar's hands. Nope. No, he is too full of corn. I rolled a nat one for getting out of his bonds. He somehow he's trying to like wiggle himself free and he gets like one like he gets his arms stuck under his left leg, I think. The corn has like, gone all to his wrists. He's just like stuck hopping until they awkwardly help him free himself. He's got the corn swells. Yeah, they call him corny thick wrist Solinar. <laughs> All right, both of you roll constitution saving throws. The corn swell sounds like such a good, like, really old, weird disease. <laughs> I got, oh God, we lost Jimmy to the corn swells back in the 30s. Solinar, Koza? Six. Seventeen. So Koza, because he took his time with his corn, uh, feels fine. 
He's doing great. Solinar, you're going to have disadvantage on dexterity throws for the next hour because you are so full of corn. That's a lot of fiber, man. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I should have eaten all that corn like that. Uh, If they'd had like any kind of like butter or like grease or anything on that corn, this might have been a little easier. But like, oh, oh, God. Oh, it's going to be a long evening. Oh, no, this corn was really good. You, you just ate it too fast. Well, that's, the, that's the idea. That's, that's a look upon my head. You see this crown? You see this? Oh, Lord. You see this, this crown of victory? Because I'm a champion. Oh, a champion. So moving on from that, we're going to go to Johannes and Banana, who have entered into a costume competition. Is their ship name Yonana? They shouldn't have a ship name because Banana is a snake. Unless is Banana a person who's been true polymorphed into a snake and is waiting for us to break their curse so that they can be free to roam once again as a person? No, she's actually a snake that uh, Canon Artemis stole from a zoo. Bohannis sounds like a Rambo name. (laughs) (laughs) Um so I just want to point out, it sure sounds like uh, since she's, she's in possession of stolen property, she's going to have to go on the run with us. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds accurate, yes. She didn't know she was stealing Banana. She just... She, if, she took him from, if she took him from a zoo, how does she not know she's stealing? Because she just thought that Banana wanted to go with her. Banana did. She's like, cool, all right, let's go. Aren't exotic animals at a zoo free to leave at any point in time? <laughs> So, Johannes and Banana have entered into the costume contest, and everyone is so taken by the idea of a knight wielding a snake cape that Johannes also receives a flower crown of victory. Though unlike Solonars, which is more like autumn leaf kind of base, uh, Johannes seems to be made of daisies. Where did I get a snake cape? That's what, that's what Banana is. She's your snake cape. Uh, first off, banana's a boa. <laughs> boa constrictor. Yeah, and and for fashion, we had to have a little bit of a slimmer form, so the constrictor part came in handy as well. <laughs> just, just Johanna's getting choked. <laughs> this is, is for banana, fashion. Is, <laughs> is banana an Aberdeen snake? No, no. Uh, banana doesn't seem to be any kind of snake. You guys have witnessed before so she's not a corn stricter no she's not a corn stricter i love that there's a corn snake and you just skipped right over that i thought he was gonna go with corn snake too but no he went one level worse oh it's great Uh, give me give me a break i was just trying to cobble together some jokes shucks man there wasn't even a kernel of humor uh, in that one (laughs) <laughs> All right, so boat, you're with Artemis getting turkey legs. Just a chip off the old cob. <laughs> yeah, don't don't eat too many of those turkey legs, or you'll get husky. Husky daddy. That's already pretty thick. <laughs> Chapman is dying. No, I was thinking. I was like, okay, how can I do husky? And I, darn it, you thought of it, and I couldn't think of it. What just... is boat at the turkey leg shack? Yes, the, the turkey leg stand. Yes, there is not a turkey leg shack. 
Um, I just wanted to check. Are the guards still stalking us? Yes. At the lake shack. <laughs> at the lake shack. <laughs> Chemin's victory dance at working stalking. Yeah, I want you guys to know that he went full, like, he went full thrash metal with it. It was very intense. Yes, you are at the turkey leg stand. Paint a word picture for me of of the, the scene. So you come up to the stand, which was clearly sort of hastily put together for the festival rather than it's an inherently sort of structurally sound building in and of itself. However... The wonderful buttery smell of roasted of, of roasted turkey leg is wafting out, and you know it, it almost Looney Tunes you with the with the scent, uh, leading you by the nose to them. There's a grizzled, sort of hearty-looking guy. You think his main uh, his main occupation is probably blacksmith, but you don't want to generalize. Uh, is handing turkey legs out to the excited citizens. Of is this is this a, the diff- a different guy from the one who was helping me with my existential crisis? Yes. Okay. All right, and and Artemis is with me, correct? Yes, she is following behind you. She seems kind of nervous to be surrounded by so many people. Mm-hmm. I look, uh, Boat looks back at her. He's like, you, you doing okay? We're almost there. You want to get in front of me? Lead. You got it. All right. That midway, everybody. Gravy Boat Barn's coming through to get some turkey. And Boat sort of uh, doesn't, like, push people out of the way, but he's just very assertive about moving through the crowd. So you, you pull a Fezzik and an Inigo, and uh, you get up to the guy who turns... Well, hello! Hey there, friend. Can I get uh, a couple of turkey legs and some ale? Of course, sir. One moment, please. We got Gail Gordon manning the turkey stand. (laughs) (laughs) So he's going to uh, fetch you two turkey legs uh, wrapped uh, in some kind of cheap cloth, Mm -hmm. hands them to you, and hands you a uh, sort of cheap, thin clay mug full of ale. Can I get, uh, you got any sauce? You got any dipping sauce? What do you mean, sir? Do you have any horseradish? I don't have sauces. The flavor of my turkey leg speaks for itself, sir. I, I, I didn't mean to insult your turkey craftsmanship. I was just, uh, just checking. I like, I like a spicy a turkey. <laughs> of course, sir. I'm certain it won't disappoint. But waves Artemis over. He's like, there you go. I, I got your turkey and your ale. She kind of takes them both and looks at them curiously. She starts eating the turkey leg in like very tiny, dainty bites, and it looks like she will be eating this turkey leg till the you know next explosion of the sun. I mean, I'm not gonna try and tell somebody what to do or that they're doing it wrong or anything like that, but you just gotta be more aggressive with that turkey leg, like this. And then Boat just like just takes a giant bite of the turkey leg and just very animalistically just rips rips off part of the flesh with his mouth. This is how Boat gets all the ladies. So Artemis slightly leans away and her eyes widen and she's got this good lord sort of expression and it she really, just goes, oh. It really brings out the flavor of the turkey. Isn't that right, turkey man? And Boat yells over at the man running of the stand. Of course! What's your name, friend? Frederick. Frederick the turkey man. Are you okay, Kate? Gabe can't handle Frederick the Turkey Man's <laughs> over-the-top presentation. Of course! 
We're so pleasure to see you. Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> so, uh, I was trying to base it more off of Robin Williams doing Mrs. Doubtfire, that one scene where she smashes her face into the cake, but him works too. Powerpuff Girls. As long as he's not Mojo Jojo. <laughs> we don't have the time for me to repeat myself that much. So anyways... Uh, Boat uh, gestures to Artemis. He's like, I know it's kind of crowded over here. You want to move over there where there's a little bit more breathing room? She, like, nods and sidles over to a place that's more empty. Mm -hmm. Uh, She jingles a little bit as she walks, and you notice that she's got, like, all of these bangles around her wrists and ankles, and she's got some jingly-jangly stuff on her uh, waist as well. Man, I didn't know charm bracelets were still a thing, but you look like you've taken this sucker to the nth degree. What's well, they're bangles. Stuff? They're not like charm bracelets. <laughs> they're like metal hoops. Mm-hmm. Guys, I, I just had an existential moment that I wanted to share with all of you, and if this gets cut, that's fine. But Mojo Jojo was the evil version of the monkey from Speed Racer, and that's why he repeated himself so much. This means nothing to me because when I was growing up, Speed Racer came on at three in the morning. So I only saw it when I had the flu. And I don't, I'm not entirely certain I didn't hallucinate all of the episodes I watched. I love the idea of Speed Racer just being a fugue state show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer, blah! <laughs> like, like, legitimately, every episode of Speed Racer, I'm not certain I didn't hallucinate. I, just as a note. I was sorry to interrupt that moment. I was just like, whoa. Uh, jingle jangles, hips, things, getting you mm-hmm. back to space. Boop. Yep, I asked her what the deal was with that. She kind of, like, looks. Bracelets. Fashion, question mark. Decoration. Utility. She kind of tilts her head, looking <laughs> at you curiously. Uh-huh. He's just, uh, boat just goes, curious. Mocking. Negative. She takes another bite of her turkey leg and sort of looks at you. Let's sit down over here. Maybe one word at a time. You can tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> She kind of like walks over and sits down and sort of begins what you what what appears to be people watching before turning to you and goes libertarian. Huh. It's it's an interesting question to ask me at this point in my life, if I'm being honest. If you'd asked me that yesterday, I would have without reservation said yes. Boat stares into his cup of ale a little bit more and lets the turkey leg hang limply in his hand. He's like I recently had an experience that's led me to question some of my core beliefs. So I'm afraid I can't give you as succinct an answer as you might give me to such a question. I suppose I just have to say that the world is complicated. Crisis? Maybe? I'm not really sure. I think it might just be growth. Because, you know, when you're younger and stupider, you you have certain ways of looking at the world. And then you grow up and get a little bit more experience and you realize that maybe you were naive and myopic in the way you looked at everything. And you have to sort of 
broaden your mind and accept that yourself at 20 is not the same as yourself at 42. She kind of like looks up at the sky and then like looks back at the people. Encouragement. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Ooh, let's play a game. So are your politics left or right? Non-existent. Oh, I get it. You just don't like to be involved. I understand. Sometimes it's really not worth it to go out there and vote. It's just too much of a hassle and all the candidates are the same. But I guess that's another thing I've always thought in the past. Vote so for maybe... Alaria, which is a monarchy. When did he find the voting principle? You see, when I was growing up in the monastery, we had to elect our leaders uh, once, once every six months. And usually it would be a couple of the guys who would go up against each other. They would have some debates and we would cast, we would write our, we would write our votes on a piece of parchment and we would put it in a big cauldron. And then the, then the, the high monk would go in and he would pull a name out and he would count them all. And whoever won the most became the new leader for that six months. That's how I know about voting and candidates and democracy. Also, let's talk about monarchy for a minute. I don't think that's a long-term viable system of government. And as I mentioned when I was talking to Coase's parents, of course you weren't there, but I'm thinking of it aloud now, I was extolling the virtues of meritocracy, and she didn't really seem to have kind words for that point of view. She just kind of quietly watches you as you go on this rant. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm, I'm given to just sort of uh, turn the faucet on and let all my thoughts just spill out. I'm sorry that uh, you've become sort of a, an unwilling recipient of, of some of my thoughts and my, I guess, midlife crisis a little bit. Fine. Say, how's the turkey leg? Adequate. All right, only adequate. Well, let's see if we can't do something about that. How about we go get some candied corn? Candied? You may, they may call it a different name where you're from. Sometimes they call it Cornton candy because they got the idea from cotton candy. And what they do is they cut all the little uh, niblets off of an ear of corn and then they glaze them and then they run them through an edible, you run them through with an edible string and they wind it around a stick and then you take it and you eat it. Brandon, what the holy hell food item did you just describe to me? Candy glazed corn. corn. This is a thing that actually exists, I think. Is is this where the foundation of, like, Halloween candy corn comes from? I don't know. I don't think that's quite it. I think candy corn comes from a slightly different place. Because I thought you to go get, like, the chewy, marshmallowy candy corn stuff. But now you're describing a food that I... What kind of candy corns are you eating that are marshmallowy? They've got that she's sort talking of about, fluff. She's they... talking about candy corn. Yeah. Like Brock's makes. Yeah, that's not marshmallowy. No, I agree, it's I agree not. with Brandon. It's got a kind of softness to it. The general texture yeah. is sort of like they're squishy sugar, like and a marshmallow, is marshmallowy <laughs> sugar. A peep is not marshmallow. A peep a is an peep, abomination. A peep is a marshmallow. I hate peeps so much. I don't think you understand. Marshmallows marshmallow. are abominations. <laughs> No, they're a way to get medicine into children. What? Anyway, do you want to go get some? Ca- that, that's what marshmallows were invented corn? for. That's what marshmallows were invented for, Alon. Okay. They're a way to get medicine into children. I, I didn't have the marshmallow medicine treatment. 
Yeah, because you weren't alive in like, I think it was like the Industrial Revolution or something that this happened in. Uh, you're making a lot of assumptions here. <laughs> yeah, you'd yeah, get yeah off, I forgot you're you'd an be, ageless cryptid. You'd be nine years old, you'd get off work at the textile factory, and you'd have to put your pills in marshmallows to you make them go to. down. You got to. So, uh, Artemis kind of like looks concerned at the idea of candy corn, looks at how much turkey leg she has left, and sort of shakes her head that she's fine with what she has all right her ale remains untouched do you do you not are you a straight edger do you not drink dangerous (laughs) dangerous oh i guess you take medication or something like barbiturates and you can't uh you can't drink the alky (laughs) (laughs) she just stares blankly at you can i get you some water or some punch or something she shakes her head adequate Okay. All right. Well, let me know if there's anything you need. She kind of like tilts her head confused and goes, concern? No, I'm just trying to make sure you're having a good time. You seem like you're a little bit out of your element, so I just want to make sure you're comfortable. Hmm. She turns and takes another bite of her turkey leg. Others. Let's see. Uh, Koza and Solinar were going to compete in that corn contest. Um... I remember Johannes saying something about a costume contest or a fashion contest or something like that. I think he had, uh, I think he had your snake with him. Banana. <laughs> I, I really wish you could tell me where that name came from. She kind of gets a very distant look in her eyes and goes, Home. Oh, they have bananas where you're from? She nods. Where, where are you from? She looks confused for a moment and kind of like she's searching in her mind for something and then goes <laughs> unsure are you unsure because you just have no memory of it or you're not really sure where it is in relation to where we are yes could you like point in the direction you think you might be from she shakes her head oh that's how how long have you been here unknown do you have anybody? Banana. Just you and the snake? She nods. Where do you what do you do when there's not a festival going on? Travel. Where was the last place you were? Evencaster. Evencaster. Uh hmm. for context, that is almost the northernmost point of Alaria. That's quite a ways away. Do you have any people there? No. What are you uh what do you do to support yourself while you travel? Fortunes. Oh, okay. I didn't know if this was just a side hustle for you while we were at the fair. She shakes her head. Can you do my fortune real quick? Already. I mean, that was some that was some magical mojo and stuff going on there. Like, I thought you might just be able to read my palm and tell me something a little more personal than all that nonsense. She kind of, like, blinks at you like... What, me telling you, me showing you your literal future wasn't enough? I mean, when I, when I hit up a fortune teller at a fair, I expect some theatrics and stuff like that, some tarot cards. Uh, Charlatans. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're true fortune tellers. I just sort of appreciate the pageantry and the showmanship of it. Like, what you do is kind of, I'm coming to discover, is kind of on a whole different level. Real. Yeah, like if they were if they were in a fishing boat, you'd be in a yacht. Real. Have you always been able to do that? Probably. Okay. 
All right. Is, do you enjoy doing it? Yes. Okay. Do you enjoy helping people find out about their futures and maybe save them trouble? Prepare. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in free will? Do you believe that knowledge of the future allows you to change it? Or is, is our, our particular world lines unchanging and unchangeable? And it has been decided already what our fate will be. Unknown. Okay, well, that's positive. That's not the answer I was hoping for, but it's also not the answer I wasn't hoping for, so that's good. She kind of shrugs. They say, we don't have to sit here forever. Uh, Do you want to walk around some more? I think there might be a dance going on somewhere in the middle of the pavilions. Fire. You want to go to the bonfire? She nods. All right, well, let's get going then. Don't drop your turkey leg. So as the two of them get up and begin heading toward the bonfire, they meet up with all of you who are already there. Two of you wearing your esteemed crowns of victory, and one of you not being queasy. So, no, Koza's not trying to show it, but he's actually kind of jealous. That he doesn't have any sick crowns? Well, he hasn't won any festival events, like, ever. I'm so queasy, though. You were getting choked out by a snake in the name of fashion. That's going to make you nauseous. You think you're queasy. I'm going to, I don't even know what's going to happen when I process all this corn, but it is not going to be a good time. Can you, like, not be gross? (laughs) Solonar, what's that that crown you got? No, I'm pretty sure being gross is part of me as a person. Oh, oh, Boat, hey, I'm the crown champion they of gave the him corn a corn test. They gave him a coronation. Oh. It sounds like you're the cream of the corn. <laughs> yep, that's me. Um, I I put my arms up there for the whole announcing myself as champion thing. That was a bad idea. I'm I'm not going to do that again. And I got choked out by a snake in the name of fashion, but Banana won't let me have the crown because Banana said that uh, she earned it. Banana is proudly wrapped around the daisy flower crown, uh, excitedly, you know, slithers up to Artemis and drapes around her, uh, still holding onto her flower crown of victory. Uh, Artemis is going to kind of look over at Johannes and go, want? Toot? (laughs) Threet? Crown. Uh, no, I, it's all good. I, I, you know, as much as I'd like to say I could have earned that crown on my own, I, um, there was some fierce competitors there, like uh, uh, Two Sleeve Johnson. <laughs> he came out of a secret passage, and he, he almost showed us up, but it's a good thing I had Banana there to fend him, fend him off. I haven't seen Two Sleeve Johnson in the fair circuit in oh, over a decade, I'd say. He had, uh, he was, it was very impressive. He, he came out and one of, part of his, his fashion show, which was the most impressive, was that it was a scented routine. Scented? I didn't, I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, he had lots of scratch and sniff samples that he, he rubbed on various parts of, of the stage. Odd. Uh, whoa, just because fashion can be strange sometimes, and it's, I know it's a difficult to understand art form, but, you know, we shouldn't be calling people odd. You know, I've been on the fair circuit for a while, uh, you know, with wrestling and everything. Have you ever seen his cousin's act? His cousin tried to replicate his success. His name was Shirtless Johnson, and his thing was body art. 
Whoa. And he also added he also added a fragrant component to it as well. But it was mainly just because he would work out right before he would go out on stage. Yeah, you gotta get the gotta get the juices flowing. <laughs> oh, I remember this guy. He was uh oh, excuse me. Um he was one of those that would he'd like come out on stage and didn't he got booed off a stage at one point because he sweat right through all his body art, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he he likes to change it up so he doesn't get tattoos. He just does he just paints it on every time. Yeah, you told me he's part of his watercolor act. <laughs> so as you say that, the final uh torch is thrown into the bonfire and the whole thing catches and lights a blaze to, to the to the cheers of the crowd. Everyone is very excited. Uh, The sun has finally dipped entirely beyond the horizon and music begins to play, lively and spurring. Many of the townsfolk are beginning to pair up and dance excitedly around the fire, having just a good old renaissance rave party. got like they've got the guy who's got the drum and the single cymbal and he's he's controlling them with like little levers that are attached to his legs and he just sort of like marches and so it's like it's the fire festival look everybody's doing the cobble gobble <laughs> the what you want to you, you want to describe that dance to us alone uh yeah, it, you gotta first off, you gotta you, you gotta make sure you center yourself over your um center of your body. You gotta bend at the knees. You gotta bend at the waist. You gotta bend at the chest. You gotta bend at the neck. And then you also can, if you can bend at the ankles, that's some pro moves. But so and then you you cobble gobble. You know, you just kind of <laughs> like let yourself uh in, enter the realm of uh corny chicken dancing. Now Ooh. I know. I know none of you can see Alon demonstrating these dance moves for us, uh, but when he was saying each bend, he did bend in an alternating direction. So it looks almost as if he's upright, but there's whole sections of him that are wildly slanted. It's quite a quite a sight to behold, quite frankly. You can only do it if you're Alon and have his cryptid bones. I come from a background of slinky pinky dancing, and so it's a little easier for me. Okie dokie. <laughs> No, that's a different. That's a different style. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other kind of chance. Okie dokie and Slinky Pinky are two like nineteen fifteen vaudeville performers. I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> was it's, each other and tried to poison one another. Yeah, it's very like st- street versus vert in the skateboarding yeah. world. <laughs> Okie dokie is a uh, he's a caricature of sort of the the Steinbeck Dust Bowl inhabitants. <laughs> you know, so you you joke about that, but in Georgia, where the Okifinoki Swamp houses the Okidokis, it is very intense. Speaking of Virian, uh, getting back to Quid Pro Roll and that game we're playing. Uh, Wait, so, 
What are variant tents? They're tents and variant. You know, like oh, Artemis's. Okay. Oh, oh, got it. Oh, okay. I'm tracking now. So, Koza. Yes. It's your final bonfire at the Aberdeen, the yeah. Aberdeen Fowl Festival. Koza's normal thing is just to kind of, well, what is like the setup? So it's the big, it, there's a big fire like in the center of the square and everybody's dancing. It's, it's essentially like where everybody has gone to dance and party and have fun. But would the, like, nobility just mingle in this area? Like, you can just mingle, or you can dance, whichever you want to do. It basically, in the Aberdeen Festival, if it was a con, this is the rave that happens from 10.30 at night to 2 in the morning. As long as you're single, it's time to mingle. Oh, bring your yeah. Pringles! Technically, he's engaged, so... Regardless, um, I'm tired of your Alario centric or Alario normative attitudes. <laughs> Regardless, I think Coz uh, is still gonna do what he's always done and just kind of stand there and occasionally move around trying to figure out like what's the like least in the way place to stand without like standing too far outside the group. That's absolutely not acceptable. Rosemary is going to go up to him and be like, "You want to dance?" Um, excuse me. I did, did. Did I stutter? I, I don't know how to dance though. How? What? What? How? How are you nobility that you didn't learn how to dance? Did, did, did you sneak out? Did you sneak out of dance lessons? Is that what you did? I, I just had excuses. Well, see, I snuck out of dances, so I don't know how to do it either. So we'll both screw up together. Uh, uh okay. So Rosemary's gonna like grab his hand and like begin spinning the two of them around the bonfire event. Yeah, Koza is very stiff. I'm imagining like. Rosemary is awkward and wobbly, so the, they look great is what I'm hearing. They just, they look stellar together. Rosemary back leads. Um, can I can I get a D6 roll for how many people they collide with on their way around the bonfire? I, I honestly don't only think you one. need to roll for it. Just assume it's many. The no, only, only one? Uh, well, that's, it's one, it's a D6 times 10, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Johannes, uh, Solinar, and Boat, what are you guys going to be doing? Uh, Boat, uh, takes off his cowboy hat and extends a hand to Artemis. It's like, hey, would, uh, you and, uh, you and Nanners like to dance? She nods and takes your hand. She moves with a grace that is a little unconcerning. An unconcerning grace? Yes. Disconcerting is the word I looked for, but my brain okay. blacked out. It's like I, was I think she's moving say, with grace and I don't care. I was trying to say unsettling and disconcerting at the same time. And then I combined them in a way that was not what I was trying to say. You know how words work for me. Uh-huh. Boat puts his hat back on and uh, leads her out to the dance area. Solinar and Johannes. Uh, I think Solinar's still, like, way too full of corn to really do any serious dancing. And so what he's done instead is pulled out the bell from the hammer game and is just hitting it with uh, a small hammer that he had in his bag. Uh, and so he's just, like, doing, like, kick steps and hitting the bell and kick steps <laughs> and hitting the bell. Solonar's got a fever and the only prescription is more fair bell. 
<laughs> and I, uh, what do you want me to roll for him to be either exceptionally on tune or exceptionally off tune? Performance. Oh, that would make sense, huh? Yeah, you'd think. That's an 11? No, wait. It's a 12. You are able to keep a moderate beat. You you are not so good that you impress anyone, but nor does anyone feel particularly off-put by your bell banging. I just had this idea of you, like, doing this, like, jaunty, like, hoedown kick step while slamming the bell. I think the thing that's really killing the performance here is when he stops on every third beat to be like, oh. <laughs> Johannes. Johannes. It seems like he's about to jump into the dance with everyone, but then takes a moment and he kind of pauses. He leans back and he sits down on a, a tree stump that have been placed out and he pulls out a little ink and a quill. He puts on some small reading glasses on the tip of his nose uh, that he acquired during his journeys and doesn't need and dips the oh quill. Oh God, he's the hipster that reads a book at a party. Dips the quill into the ink. <laughs> And then he begins to he begins to write in his journal, um, where he is now trying to uh, keep some records and one day publish a book of these adventures. He writes, "Koza, the fires of his youth, his past, and his um, obligations to the court." burning in front of him as if in the fires, the flames lighting up his face as he stands there awkwardly looking at the dancers, but not wishing to join them until he is met by fate, comma, or is it love, comma, or is it just Rosemary? No one can be certain, even though it's certain that she does not want to marry him. <laughs> But it is on this night that she doth take his hand and they dance around the flames, only running into seven groups of other dancers. <laughs> They're just lucky they didn't knock anyone else into the bonfire. Johannes looks at his handwriting. He's, he he kind of like, and then he dips his quill in, taps it a few times, and he's like, the dulcet sounds of Fairbell accompany the party as they accompany the party. Johannes, dated. Today's date. Today's date. <laughs> All right. And also, P.S. There's this really cool snake named Banana. I don't know what it's named after, but I feel like it is a magical thing. <laughs> Solinar sees Johannes sitting at the edge of the bonfire group writing and like drifts over doing his kickstep bell banging, pulls, stops for a minute, pulls the boa out of his pack, drapes it around Johannes's shoulder and is like, let's party. Johannes throws some, uh, uh, he doesn't carry any sand with him. So, um, in order to blot the ink. So instead, he throws uh, some like little pieces of, of uh, I don't know what would be used to blot ink that isn't sand. I realized I was going to say throw some sand on it, but I was like, Johannes would never have sand. <laughs> never, never. <it's laughs> oh, he's got some pocket chalk still. He throws some chalk on there and he just kind of, and he's like, let's do. So 
You all dance for at least an hour into the night before you notice the Urich family guard has arrived at the party. And they seem to be looking around. And it's probably for you. I feel good about that.